This is Pastor Chadwick King. I hope you enjoy the ministry of God's Holy Word today provided by the Promise Center Media Ministry. Please share this lesson or sermon with your friends and family. And may the Lord bless you. How's everybody doing? Good, you look great. I have a big question. If you could have one superhero power, what would it be? Oh, don't say it out loud. You got to think about it. Because this is a big deal because you don't get to change it, all right? You got to just think about it. Now, I want you to turn to your neighbor, someone you don't know, maybe behind you or left or front, and let them know what that superpower would be. Just let them know. Go ahead and tell them. Tell, tell somebody, what would it be? What would it be? Gotta be. Some of you are, I want to be a statue. I want to be a statue. What would it be? We got, I'm sure, flying, invisible, running really fast. All right, how'd that go? Bearing your soul today, congratulations. How many here want to fly? You'd love to be like Superman and fly. How many would like like the, like the, 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 the what are those called? The, no, not x-ray vision, the lasers, the beams out of your eyes. How, was anybody, no? How about invisible? Any invisible people here? <clears throat> All right, sometimes I feel invisible. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, how many runners? You want to be, run fast? All right, we had a couple. All right, cool. The Flash. How many like Wolverine? Like you, right here, Miko. All right, good to know that. All right. Well, today we're going to talk about something really fun, really cool. How about the kingdom of God? And the kingdom of God is one of those fun subjects that, man, it. Most people, including myself, growing up as a Christian, I didn't know much about the kingdom. I knew about the gospel, Jesus, what He did on the cross. But I didn't know how to associate it with this thing called the kingdom and all these cool things that Jesus did. What did he do? Why did he do it? And is that for today? And those are kind of the, some of the questions I'd like to answer today. We're starting a new sermon series, Your Kingdom Come. But before we do, here's what I want to do. I want to show you a couple church signs. I grew up in the south, and in the south there's lots of church signs and uh, I got a few for you today. Here we go. Uh, Fellowship Bible Church, the best vitamin for a Christian is B1. I love that. That was just great. That was good. All right, here we go. Faith Assembly of Lacey, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Darth Vader. I like, I like that one too. All right. God wants full custody, not just weekend visits. I thought that one was pretty good. <clears throat> church of the Cross, don't let worries kill you. Let the church help. Whoever stole our AC units, keep one. It's hot where you're going. That was, that was a good one. Call 911. Our pastor is on fire. That was my favorite one. Fire. All right. Okay, here we go. Matthew chapter 6 and 9. Let's see if we can do this together. Why don't we, why don't we see if we can recite the Lord's Prayer together? Here we go. Our Father in heaven. Wow, you guys are good. To temptation. Wow, wow, wow. You just made first service look like a bunch of sinners because they, 
did not have that down at all, all right? Cut that from the record, all right? Here we go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Watch this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, here's our belief, here's our conviction here today, that when we invite the kingdom and the king, his will comes into our life, his will, not our will, but the will as it is in heaven comes into the earth. And here's his will. We're going to break it down really quickly. We'll go back and cover this in a later message. It says this, the next verse, verse 11, give us today our daily bread. That's provision. Everybody say provision. Next verse, forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. That's salvation. How many are thankful for the salvation, forgiveness of the Lord? Amen. Next verse, and lead us not into temptation, which is having the power to overcome, to be victorious in our walk and in our life, but deliver us from the evil one. And this is the power of deliverance. I believe that all that Satan brought into the world, all that he did, sickness, disease, heartbreak, trouble, uh, broken lives, broken marriages, addictions, all those things, God has and can reverse the curse. And these are what the kingdom provides. Provision, salvation, overcoming power, and deliverance. So when we pray this prayer, I want us to really understand what it means. And we're going to be going into a sermon series for the next couple of weeks on the subject, Your Kingdom Come, and what it really means to invite the kingdom of God into our worlds. Many of us, we've, we use the terminology, kingdom of God, but what does that mean? We quote the prayer, but do we know what it means when we say that? What are we coming into agreement with? Last night, uh, Heidi and I and my three kids, we watched uh, my little nieces, Ellie and Macy, okay? They're about yay big and yay big cutest things ever but i found myself like resorting to like things that i was doing with my kids whenever they were that age like one was reverse psychology right i couldn't get macy to uh listen so i started going you better not sit down and be quiet and she did exactly what i told her not to do it was amazing and then at one time with Ellie, we had to spell something you know you spell words remember that when you could spell words and your kids couldn't spell all right that was, those were great days. You're like, <laughs> B-A-D, that spells bad, all right? But, uh, and then and last night, I was, well, the cutest thing was the little girls were just following Emma and Jude, and they were just repeating and doing everything that they did. And I just, I want to grow, and I, want, I don't want to just say things to say things. I don't want to just do things to do things. I want to know why we do what we do. And I think that's kind of the heart and passion of this church one of the things that we love is to make really deep things, let's simplify it. And let's take, let's take the, the simple things and, and let's, let's, let's open that up and unpack it because there's usually great depth to even the simple things that Jesus says. So today, my passion and my goal is to really help us understand, one, what is the kingdom of God? And then two, how do we activate the kingdom in our lives. Those are the two things we're going to cover. So first and foremost, if you have your worship guide on the back of that, there's some places for notes and you can write these down. There's actually some fill in the blanks and we'd love for you to follow along because um, we'd love for you to take this home and, and there's going to be some great things to study. There's even some small groups that are going over, taking the sermon and kind of unpacking it even more. I think that's awesome. 
First and foremost, I want you to know that Jesus preached the kingdom of God. Like this is what he preached. Jesus did not preach healing. He did not preach deliverance. He did heal people. He did deliver people. He did forgive people. But what he preached was the kingdom of God. We can write that in. Luke chapter 4 and 43 says this, And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore I am sent, or am I sent? Anytime you see a therefore in the scripture, you need to ask yourself, what is it therefore? Pretty good, huh? All right. And it's therefore because Jesus is making a declaration, this is why I came into the world, is to bring the kingdom, to proclaim this good news. The next thing I want you to write down and fill in the blank, the kingdom of God is not heaven. Super important. This is not like the afterlife place. Now, will the kingdom of God exist in heaven? Absolutely. But we have to differentiate these in our minds because a lot of people, when they go, hey, where or what is the kingdom of God? They go, it's heaven. We'll get there one day. And that's not what Jesus taught or what he said. In fact, when Jesus told parables about the kingdom, you know what he did? He told stories about four different kinds of grounds, hard ground and, and uh, stony ground and thorny ground and then good ground. Is there stony ground in heaven? Absolutely not. Talked about a parable where a man threw a net into the ocean and then picked up some good stuff out of the net and bad stuff out of the net. Is there bad stuff in heaven? Absolutely not. So we study the kingdom of God. We realize the kingdom is this unique relationship between heaven and earth, but it is not heaven. Luke 17 and 21 reads like this. The coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, here it is, there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. What does that mean? The kingdom of God is here and it's now. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's here and it's now. One of my favorite verses, we're going to read this, 1 Corinthians 15 and 22. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. So now we're seeing the purpose of the kingdom of God. For he must reign until he has put all things or all his enemies under his feet. All right, you can write this down. The Bible is not a religious book. There's a place to fill that in. The Bible is not a religious book. Now, this bothers a lot of people. When we talk about the Bible not being a religious book, people go, this is my friend. This is my devotion. You can have a devotion with the scripture, but the Bible is not a devotional book. In fact, it calls itself a testament or a covenant. This Bible that we love is a legal document. It is a legal document stating the abilities, securities, the futures of God's people. All of our privileges, all of our estate, everything pertaining to life 
is in this book pertaining to you. It is a legal document. The Bible is about, you can write this down, a king. Everybody say a king. A king is not a president because a president finds his power because of the will of people. Finds his power because people are upset about this, so they vote this person in. And whatever the mood or the will or the temperament of people is determines this, the power of a president. The king is sovereign. We're talking about someone who is sovereign. doesn't matter how you feel, he is still large and in charge. He is still large and in charge. The next thing that's important to write down, and it's on the notes, the Bible is about the relationship between the king and his family. This is a big idea that you've got to get. So when we talk about the kingdom of God and we talk about a king, a lot of people say, okay, there's a king and then all of us are his subjects. We're like those little you know, jokers in the, the court and we've got the little shoes that turn up and, and we're juggling, trying to keep the king happy. Stay happy, stay Hercules, Hercules. You know, you know, and, and, and there's people who see the kingdom as we're just the subjects in this kingdom. When the truth is, this is about a king in his royal family. And those who believe and those who walk with him, guess what? You are royalty. And this book is all about you and all the privileges that you have and all the things that you've inherited because you are his child. It is a legal document and it is yours. In fact, Romans chapter 8 and 15 says this. Romans 8 and 15, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves, does not make us slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Turn to your left, turn to your right, you are sitting next to royalty. Turn to your neighbor and say, your majesty. Doesn't that feel good? Your wife will love you for that. All right. <clears throat> the next note I want you to write down is this. The kingdom is a country. It has customs. It has culture. It has commerce. Okay? What constitutes a country? A state with sovereignty over its internal and external affairs, okay? Very important. In fact, the three major religions in the world, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, all trace their heritage back to one man named Abram or Abraham. Abraham was not looking for a religion. The Bible says he was looking for a country. He was looking for a city who had foundations, whose builder and maker was God. He knew there was a country, and he was looking for it. And this is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. Colossians 1 and 12 says this, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light has delivered us from the domain or dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved 
Son, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. My last point is this, and you can write this down. There's not a place to fill in the blanks. You are a part of a kingdom, some kingdom, no matter what. You are a part of some spiritual kingdom, some kind of influence, some kind of sovereignty. The cool thing is you get to decide which. Now, I'm going to take a step back, and I'm going to, for the next five to six minutes, I want you just to, my, my teacher back in second grade, I'll never forget, Ms., Mrs. Miller, she used to say, put on your thinking caps. Remember, remember that statement? And, 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 and she would actually, she was kind of unique, unique, and she would, and she would make us actually like physically put on our thinking caps. She, we'd also, we're all like, okay, all right. And so I'm not going to make you do that, but I am going to ask you just to, to track with me here because for the next like five minutes, I want you to get this so we can get to the big point here in our first uh, message on this subject. Genesis 1 and 26. <clears throat> then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them, who's that? Man. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heaven, over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps. Over all the earth, over all the earth, over all the earth. Here's the thing about God that it's kind of cool, but man, you say something and you're God, you're kind of stuck with it. Because God can't lie. Whatever he says, it's done. It's finished. And this is a binding word here. And God says something. He says, let us make man in our image. He says, let them have dominion over all the earth and everything that's in the earth. Man is in charge. And when he said that, that was binding. And our entire Bible is for us because of this scripture. This scripture is what allocated all authority and everything that heaven had. He said, it's man's. It's in man's hands. I cannot operate. I cannot do anything without man's approval. In fact, you could write this in your notes. God gave the dominion of the earth to humanity. God gave the dominion of the earth to humanity. What does humanity mean? It simply means human, the, the, the humanity, human means humus, earth, and man, man's spirit, these two. The only way that you can have dominion in the earth, the only way a spirit being can have dominion in the earth is to be in a physical dirt body. Anything that tries to operate that is a spirit that doesn't have a body is here illegally. That's why whenever your body and your spirit separate, that's called death, it's separation, you are no longer allowed to be here legally because God said that. And so here's, here's the big idea in Psalms 8 and 3, when I look at the night sky and see the works of your feet, when I look at what God has done, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. Yet you made them only a little lower than Elohim or God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority. That's why when God wants to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt, he has to find a human. 
he finds Moses. When he wants to build a nation, he has to find a human. He finds Abraham. When he wants to save the world and the world is wicked, he finds a man named Noah. He does it through humanity, lawfully. He has to do it. through Man has to give permission because the deed is in man's hands. Are you tracking with me? This is the great dilemma. And many people don't understand the purpose of Christ, the purpose of Calvary, and it goes back to this one verse in Genesis 1 and 26, that it's all been given to humanity. Psalms 115 and 16, the highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. The earth he has given to mankind. So here's the dilemma. Ezekiel 22 shows us the dilemma. God's like, I sought for a man among them. I didn't want to destroy them. I, I was upset with them, but I needed a man to stand in the gap, to, to take up the hedge, but I couldn't find anybody. I needed someone to come into agreement with me. I needed someone to come in earth to agree with heaven. Heaven has the power to destroy, but, but heaven wants to have mercy, and God needs someone to come into agreement through obedience for that mercy by faith. And God says, I need a man. And Job 9 and 32, look what man, look what humanity's saying. Talking about God, he is not a mere mortal like me that I might answer him, that we might confront each other in court. If only there was someone to mediate between us. Humanity's saying, okay, you need a man to do this, but you know what? We need someone to mediate because who are we to talk with God? How can we deal with God? Do you see the dilemma here? God's like, I need a man. And humanity's going, how do we deal with you? How do, we, how do we take care of this? How do we face each other in court? How do we make this work? So the plan from the very beginning, the foundation of the world, there was a Christ. There was a body hid in humanity, a word spoken in Adam that was hid in Adam. And every one of his seed and every one of his children, it was there hiding, residing, the word of God resonating, waiting for that moment. When Christ would be born and Christ came into this world, God manifests in flesh. Why? Because 1 Timothy 2 and 5 says this, for there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. Jesus is the one who settles heaven and earth's issue and brings them together within himself and makes peace and makes it possible for us to enjoy all the benefits of heaven on earth. We're able to enjoy the benefits of heaven on earth because of Christ. I want to show you this. Isaiah 9 and 6, this is like 700 years before Christ is born. A prophecy in the book of Isaiah. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the greatness of his government, and peace there shall be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establish and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time and forever. This kingdom will last forever. It will never be defeated. It will never be beat. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So, there is a king, and there's a kingdom. There's a king, and there's the king's children. Because he's a king, but the Bible says he's the king of kings, your royalty. 
He's the Lord of Lords. We're royalty. We're his children. We're his family. And he's given all this stuff to us and access to heaven's resources. And we're quoting, reading verses and saying prayers that we don't understand the true impact and nature of what that scripture really, really means. I want, my goal is that after this sermon series is done, the next time you quote or read or hear the Lord's Prayer, that it will just erupt in your spirit and you will understand the nature and the purpose of the Lord's Prayer. So here's the question. Kingdom, yes. King, yes. We're his children, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I'm buying in. I'm checking the box. I'm saying, yes. How do I make this work? That is a fabulous question. I'm going to give you a little story, an example of what happens many times. Okay? I went on a trip. I had to go speak, and I had to rent a car. Okay? And I, this is back probably about seven years ago before I knew what a keyless car was, right? And they said, uh, here's your keys. And so I go to the car, the door's unlocked, I sit down, and I look at the key, and there was no metal thing sticking out of it. So I'm confused, and I walk back across the entire parking lot, back to the office, and sir, the metal thing fell off. And he's like, sir, just take it in, there's a button that you push. And I said, brilliant. So I walk back across the parking lot, all the way to the other end, get in the little car, and push the button. Nothing happens. Nada. I'm going, something's wrong. I'm in the wrong car. This isn't working. So I get to get back out of the car. And I want to take my stuff with me because I don't want to leave it there because this car has a devil. And I <laughs> took my stuff all the way back to the office and said, sir, this is not working. I've pushed the button. He said, if you, just, you got to hold the button. Are you in the right car? So I go back and do it again. It doesn't work. Now I'm like casting things out and just praying, rebuking. Not really but kind of pushing the button. You know, I'm doing all that I can. I don't know what else to do. So I finally go back, and the guy's kind of perturbed a little bit. He's like, uh. So he comes in, gets in the car, and he pushes the button, and nothing works. And I was like, mm-hmm, okay. And, and I was like, what now? You know, not really. I had a good attitude. I was about to preach that night, okay. And then he's like, oh, Got to push the brake. If you don't push the brake, the butt, it won't start. So he pushes the brake, and brrr, I was like, oh, man, it was so simple the whole time. And, you know, he's crying. I'm crying. We're holding each other just like, <laughs> we did it, man. We figured it out. So we got it. And, the whole, and now it's so simple. It was just hold the brake, push the button. But sometimes the kingdom doesn't feel that simple. How do I activate this? How do we get this thing on for me? I mean, you, you've, you've made all these big promises that the, all of heaven's resources are here, available, now. All these benefits, all these promises, this is what Jesus preached. This is what Jesus was about, bringing in the kingdom. And why does it feel like it's not working? I'm going to answer that question here today. John chapter 2 and 1. John chapter 2 and 1. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana of Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, 
Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. If that was my mama, I'd have got a uppercut, okay? (laughs) His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And most of us know the story. After this little statement, he's like, you guys, over there, get the dirty water. Over there, pour it out. And they start pouring. And, and water, dirty water, turns into wine. And really, it's not the water into wine. It's the really dirty hand cleaning dishes, all that kind of water that turns into beautiful, wonderful, amazing tasting wine. But many people, many of us are like Mary going, Jesus, do something, do something, do something. Do something. Now, she's been waiting for 30 years because she's got this reputation that God came and overshadowed her, and this child, Jesus, is the Messiah. That's her story. As you can imagine, like, she's ready for, like, do something. (laughs) And what's amazing is when he does do the miracle, when the button does turn on, it never stops. In fact, the Bible says this is the beginning of miracles. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Acts that this, in the book of Acts, it says it's talking about the, the former things that Jesus had done in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, these are the things that Jesus began to do. Jesus has never stopped doing miracles from this miracle. This is the beginning of miracles. This is the pushing the on button and everything awakening and turning on. What happened here? When Jesus is like, hey, it's not my time yet. Give me 30 seconds. <laughs> like, what's your deal, Jesus? This is your mama. You better recognize, okay? You better, you know. I mean, are you are you disrespecting? What what? Right? No. There's something that wasn't turned on. Something shifted. Something changed. And I want to show you what that is through the scripture in Luke chapter 14. A kingdom principle. A kingdom principle. Get ready. When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor. Lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest seat. Has this happened to anybody before? You sat in someone's seat, and they're like, oh, sir. That's for the groom. The food was here. I just sat where the food was. You're at table 47 in the back. You didn't know the groom very well. No, I'm just here for the food. Thank you. That's mortifying. It's embarrassing, right? He says, but when you're invited, go sit in the lowest seat so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. That's a great feeling. You're at table 47, and the groom and the bride are like, dude, what are you doing over here? You should come up to table one. We have a seat ready. You're you're like a special guest, a VIP, and you're like, you get up from your seat, and like that walk. You know what I mean? Like, like you just got upgraded to first class, and you didn't even pay for it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm feeling good right now. And this is what Jesus is saying. And this isn't just kingdom principle. This is just good life principle. Like, 
my goodness. Like, don't, like, you take the lowest seat and, and you get invited up, right? How many here uh, remember the kid table? <laughs> remember the kid table? Like, I would, I'll never forget the day when I was <coughs> finally invited to come up to the adult table. You know, I mean, the, they're like, Chad, you're 24 now. Come on up. I was like, pass the beans, all right? Hooray, hooray. So I'm going to show you this principle here. Sky, I'm going to have you sit in this seat right here. Jordan, I'm going to have you sit right over there. Sky, you're the host. This is the principle. This is, this is what Jesus teaches. Jordan, come take a seat. Which seat are you going to take? The lowest. Come on, right here. High five. You did good. Woo, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. All right. So Jordan takes the lowest seat, and the host is like, dude, Jordan, you're the man. You're VIP. Come on up. Woo. And, and man, he's just having time chopping it up. And then Sky's like, hey, hold on. My buddy's here. I mean, you're cool. We went to college together. This is my neighbor. I got to live with him. So we got to move you over one. And oh, come over here. Sit right there. Yeah. And, and look, this guy is the host. He gets to determine who sits where. Okay? And this is kind of what we do sometimes with Jesus. Jordan, why don't you go again out? I want both of you guys to go real quick. Just go sit over there real quick. So here's what we do. We invite Jesus. Jordan, you're Jesus. Come on over here, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, come and be in my world. Come to my party. Come to my space. I need you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Jordan, you sat in the wrong seat. Jesus sits in the lowest seat because he always obeys his word because he is his word. So he sits here, and then, and then Sky's like, no, I'm getting on fire. I'm going to growth track. I went to small group. I started praying on every morning, like 15 minutes. I, I'm feeling close to Jesus, and, and Jesus, he's inviting him closer. And oh, my goodness, all, my, all of a sudden. And, and, and then there's this thing. There's this thing that, 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 that Sky was dealing with, and, and, and Sky says, you get over there, you, you addiction, or that, that thing that I, I'm tired of messing with, and sorry, I have to make you that, I wish you were Jesus, that's better, but, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, and so, we've got our life, and man, Sky, you've got this, you've got this right, Sky has got Jesus in the right seat, he's got his troubles and his issues in the furthest seat. This is all good. Until Sky has a bad week. And Sky's feeling bad. And Sky goes, Jesus, why don't you scoot over one? I'm not sitting you all the way down. But I need a little, have a little fun. Come on up. Come on. Come on up. I just need a little time to myself and go party a little bit. And I got some old vices. They're still around. They're not, I mean, I still go to church. But these are. These are some things, and, and this is not the kingdom life, because you're still in charge, and Sky is still doing charades with Jesus, and then he feels so bad. He comes to church, pastor's preaching on moving forward, and your kingdom come, and he's feeling conviction, and he rebukes him, get out of here, go down to the lowest seat, Jesus, come over here. I need you guys to hug and do like a kumbaya, like <laughs> crying, and, and if you've done the Jesus thing for any amount of time, you know what it's like. This is like 
the, the movement. And here's the issue. When you look at this passage, Mary is frustrated because she's going, it's not working. This setup is not working. Jesus is a guest at the party. And as long as he's a guest, his hands are tied. Why can't we get rid of this? Why can't we get... This is, a, this is an addiction. This is a problem. Why can't we get rid of this? Why, why does this thing always keep creeping up? Here's why, Sky. Because you're in the wrong seat. And Jesus is in the wrong seat. Here's what Mary did. Scholars believe that Mary was the hostess of the party. All the servants were following her lead. And so she, as the hostess, is saying, hey, Jesus, can you do something? He goes, no, can't do it. And she stops. She goes, ah, here's what I'm going to do. Everybody in here, I'm no longer in charge. Whatever he says to do, do it. Switch seats. And all of a sudden, the Jesus who said, can't do it, not time, not my hour, goes boom, 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 boom. And he never stopped doing miracles. Here's why. Because the first key to the kingdom, you can write this down, is the lordship of Jesus Christ. He's not just a guest. He's not just in my world. He's not just my wife's got me to go to church. He is the Lord of my life. Watch this, Matthew 28 and 18. It says this, Jesus came and said to all of them, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given to me. The man Christ Jesus, all authority, it, it, it's complete in me. All access to every transaction you'll ever need in heaven and earth is in me. Because all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Here's the question. Have you given Jesus the authority that he needs and deserves to be the Lord of your life? I'm not talking about like he's a guest of your party. I'm talking about lordship. Here's the question about lordship. Jesus was walking down the street, and one day a group of people go, Lord, Lord. And he said, no, no, why do you call me Lord? You know me, but am I really your Lord? In fact, when you get to where Jesus talks about that day when people will stand who didn't know him, stand before him, and they're going to say, Lord, Lord, we cast out devils. We did all this. He said, I don't know you. Don't call me Lord. I was never Lord. You invited me into your world, but I was never Lord. And that's the power of the call to lordship. When people make a decision to follow Jesus, that's wonderful. But only the heart can abdicate authority and really say, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That is a call to the lordship of Christ. Too many people have been doing church, doing Christianity, and I believe in these last days, everything that can be shaken will be shaken, and there's going to be a moment where we all go, we've got to make a decision. Are we in this or are we not? And the question is this, is Jesus Lord of your life? Can I tell you, when you make him Lord, it's going to activate everything. All access to all the kingdom, his lordship. I'm going to show you two things, and we'll close. In Genesis chapter 1, we'll go back to the main verse. Genesis 1 and 26, the Bible says this, Then God said, let us make man. The word there, God, is Elohim. It's just a general name for God. He is the creator. He made everything. God goes boom, 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 done. God. 
But in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, watch what it does. It changes. The chapter actually changes, and all of a sudden, we have a different way of talking about God. It says, then the, everybody say Lord. Lord. Oh, man. You see, in the Bible, whenever you come across a capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, you know what that word means? Yahweh. It means the God who's involved, the God who wants to be more than just at the party, but the head of the party, the Lord God formed man. He made, he made the rivers flow out of the garden. He planted a garden. He's involved. The Lord wants to be involved in your life. Lordship is about giving God permission to come into your world, submitting your will to him. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I'm making you Lord. I'm not, you're not just God. You're not just the God. I believe in God. He's out there. He made everything. But now I'm embracing the Lord who's involved in his creation, saying, be involved in my life. Here's what's cool. The name of Jesus that was given is Lord saves. Yahweh Shah. Yahweh saves. Yahshua. Yahshua. Yeshu or Jesus. Our iteration of saying Yeshua, Jesus. When you say the name of Jesus, you are saying Yahweh is my Lord and Savior. It is a declaration of the Lordship of Christ. I want to tell someone today, today could be a day for you to abdicate your will. Get out of the seat and make him the head of your life. And when you do, the car starts. The engine runs. And the kingdom comes alive. Until then, you'll be oblivious to it. You'll know about it. You'll have some good notes to take home. But when you make him Lord of your life, everything, everything will change. Would you stand with me? Thank you, guys. We're going to take a moment just right where you are as Jessica just plays for just a moment. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads with me. As we pray the prayer, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. There's a name. Your kingdom come your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Permission, agreement. Now, give us that daily bread. and Give us that salvation that's free. And we come into agreement with deliverance and the power to overcome and the power for miracles and signs and wonders to flow out of our life. But I first have to submit to the king and the kingdom. Mary, don't be frustrated. He wants to do it. He can do it. He's waiting for you to abdicate your role and authority in the room and make him the head. And when he's the head, everything falls in place. If you're here today and you say, I want to make Jesus my Lord. No one's looking around. I want you just to raise your hand. Maybe you want to rededicate your heart and your life. Maybe somehow you, 
you slip back into that seat and you've been doing it your way. And yep, Jesus is at the feast. He's at the wedding. There's no doubt he's in your life. He loves you. But let me ask you, have you made him Lord? Hands are going up. Hands are going up. Amen. I want it. 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 Be the Lord of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Can we pray together? Heavenly Father, we call upon you today because you're shifting some things in our heart. You're giving us a new perspective of this kingdom that you're bringing into our world. I pray, Lord, as we humble our life And Lord, we put you in the right position for you descended deep into the heart of the earth. And now you have ascended high above all the heavens that you might fill all things. We come under your care. We come under your authority. We come under your will and trust you for every area of our lives. We make you Make that your declaration. We make you Lord. I'm making you Lord today. I'm putting you back on the seat of my heart, the throne of my heart. I'm making you Lord. Amen. It feels good to put Jesus back in the right place, right? Back in the right seat. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. We honor you. Amen. 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 God is good. God is good. We love you guys. We're going to go on a journey together in the next couple of weeks. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. God bless you in Jesus' name.